The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice Today we're talking about a wonderful Jewish holiday that has gotten a lot of um, press and has grown in popularity. We're talking about Hanukkah, and to be specific, Hanukkah in America, which is the name of a book written by Diane Ashton. And in this book, she really looks at where we are, what Hanukkah is, about the celebration, why it's grown, what can we learn from it. And we're going to talk to Diane right now. Diane is a professor of religion studies at Rowan University. She's the author of four books, including the first modern biography of the American Jewish education trailblazer, Rebecca Gratz. And with Ellen M. Umansky, the widely read Four Centuries of Jewish Women's Spirituality, a source book. She's currently the editor of the scholarly journal, American Jewish History. Welcome, Diane. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, very nice to have you. Well, I will say that I am of the Jewish faith, so and I have I love my religion and my faith. So I, I'm very happy to talk about this. I don't think I've really had a full discussion just on Hanukkah. So explain to our <laughs> listeners what Hanukkah is, and is it you is a is it an American holiday or is it a Jewish holiday? Oh, Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday. It's quite old. It was uh, instituted early in the Talmud, and uh, Jews have been practicing and observing Hanukkah for 2,000 years at least. So it's a Jewish holiday. But in the U.S., it has become one of the four most popular holidays for Jews to celebrate, which is unusual because although Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday, it's ranked as a minor holiday. Hmm. So why do you think that is? Is it because of the potato lockers and the candles and the fun and the eight days of gifts? I mean, do you think that's the reason? Well, I think certainly the fact that Hanukkah comes in the middle of the most um, popular holiday season in America, and holidays are big business in the United States, and so... Hanukkah gives Jews something Jewish to do at a Jewish festival at a time when everybody else in America is also having a good time. So I think that's definitely one reason. Well, um, and a lot of Christians think that Hanukkah is the Jewish Christmas because of all the gift-giving, Diane. Right. And certainly gift-giving has been made part of Hanukkah so that Jewish children wouldn't feel left out at Christmas when all of their <clears throat> Gentile neighbors are getting a lot of presents yes. and having a very good time. 
So rabbis and parents made a point to give Jewish children gifts at Hanukkah so that they will be happy to be Jewish children at a time when everybody else is celebrating. Hmm. How has the celebration of Hanukkah been modified to accommodate American culture and the experience of being a religious minority in America? Well, I think a couple of different ways. One way is that the story of the Maccabean victory, which is part of what we're commemorating at Hanukkah, is told and retold over and over again by Jews in every season and every era uh, in a way that always brings their story into something that has meaning for Jews in the U.S., no matter what they're facing. Overwhelmingly, Jews tell this story as a battle for religious freedom, and that, of course, is something that Jews think is extremely important about their lives in the United States. We really value religious freedom. So we, we make Hanukkah a celebration of religious freedom. But it's also a time when the Maccabees are uh, praised for being great leaders, and leadership has always been a problem in the U.S. I mean, Jews in the U.S. are very diverse. We go in a million different directions. And so who are going our leaders going to be? So the Maccabean leadership is something that has also been important to Jews. Yes. And and that whole thing, the the whole idea of leadership. Do you think that's do you think that we can learn about leadership from this holiday? I think so. I think part of what Hanukkah says is that uh, the Maccabees were uh, were leaders because they had courage, because they had bravery, because they're willing to uh, defend Judaism and um, stand up for whatever needed to do, whatever needed to be done in order to maintain Judaism. And that's really an image that American Jews have found inspirational. Yes, absolutely. Christmas trees and menorahs make religion visible during December. Are they competing? Do you think, or do you think they're co- coexisting? It actually it depends how they're placed. Um, the Supreme Court several years back dis- determined that when a Christmas tree and a menorah are placed near each other in a public square, they symbolize religious liberty. Neither item represents an actual god. It's not. Neither one is an image of a god. So when they're placed together, they symbolize. Uh, religious liberty, which is an American value, and cultural diversity. But, of course, they can also be very religious items. If a Christmas tree is placed in a church or next to a manger scene, then it takes on a more religious meaning. With a, a menorah, if it is actually being lighted during a ritual observance, then it becomes a, a religious item as well. Mm. Interesting, and you see that a lot, Diane. I know here we see the menorah and the um, the tree lit uh, together. Yes, and they can also mean two um, holidays that are celebrating light in the middle of the darkest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, what about pop cultural figures like... Hanukkah Harry or Hanukkah Bushes, do you see that as a threat to Jewish identity? Do they reflect, you know, the outward growth of Judaism here? Well, the people I've talked to who um, who do those things, uh, uh, who talk about their children getting gifts from Hanukkah Harry and who put up 
um, Hanukkah bushes in their homes. Um, one that I saw was a small pink plastic Hanukkah bush ringed with little lights that would normally be, be Christmas tree lights. People yeah. do this for fun, to make it um, something that's fun for their family, and it's going on in their homes, and so they get to define what the meaning is. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, from everything you're saying, it, it sounds like we're, we're coexisting in our Christian world, and it sounds like Hanukkah... In a way, sounds like it's a little bit of a bridge. What do you think? I think it can be. I think it uh, it's an interesting kind of bridge because it's certainly rooted in Judaism, and it gives Jews a way to do something that is fully Jewish. But they're doing it at a time of the year when people are expected to be doing something religious, something that's a festival, that's a fun holiday. It's not Yom Kippur competing with Christmas. Um, And so a holiday that involves presents, involves families gathering together, involves food and parties and decorating homes. These are all things that Jews can do as Jews, but also by doing it, they are participating in this broad American holiday season. And so it is kind of a cultural bridge. Yeah, it it really feels that way. Talk about the significance of lighting the candles on the menorah. Well, the basic ritual of Hanukkah is, of course, lighting the candles in the menorah. And that is the ritual because Hanukkah commemorates the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem in 164 BCE uh, after Antiochus IV, who, the king of Assyria who then governed Judea, had uh, looted the temple and installed uh, a statue to Zeus in there and really tried to eradicate Judaism. And so when the temple was rededicated, uh, the menorahs, the uh, candle holders, the oil holders, who always remained lighted because the flame symbolized the presence of God, they had to be rebuilt and relighted. But they found only uh, one small flask, one day's worth of oil, because this was an oil that was purified and prepared by the priests, but there was only a very small amount left. Miraculously, that small amount lasted eight days until more could be made. And so, for that reason, we're told Hanukkah is an eight-day celebration, and each night we light another light in the menorah. And, uh, and it's a very, um, I have found Hanukkah is just a very happy holiday. You know, some holidays are very solemn and have a lot of, um, you know, very deep significance. This does too, but there's a lot of joy and happiness around this holiday. Absolutely. It is definitely a festival. Uh, the, the reading from the prophets that is read in the synagogue for Sabbath Hanukkah is from Zechariah. And we're told to sing and rejoice, and singing is something that is very common at Hanukkah. Lots of Hanukkah songs, Hanukkah concerts. Um, It's definitely a very happy occasion. How important is Hanukkah in ensuring Judaism's survival across the generations in America? And you know the role that our Jewish kids need for a Christmas-like celebration. How does that play in? 
Well, I think certainly one of the main reasons that people began to advocate that um, Jews make Hanukkah more festive and more important to their children, especially, is to give Jewish children a way to be happy, something happy to do during the Christmas season that makes them happy to be Jews, but also to give them really warm childhood memories that will stick with them to give them a strong emotional tie to Judaism. And so Hanukkah is certainly not the only occasion for that, but Hanukkah is an important occasion for doing that. Yeah, again, that's very, very important. But I think, again, that whole thing of... I think it's important, and I want your opinion, that children understand this is not Jewish Christmas. Some children may not understand that. Oh, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people who don't understand that. And I think the the, the way to deal with that is to really make sure that children understand what the meaning of the holiday is, how old it is, why it's being celebrated, and what is being celebrated, that what we're celebrating is an occasion of courage and uh, miracles and survival and uh, a way for Judaism to last for the future. How do you think Hanukkah helps Jewish kids resist efforts to Christianize them, particularly in public school? Well, I think public schools have have chosen many in many places. It depends on the local population, of course. But in places where there's a decent-sized Jewish population, uh, a number of public schools have chosen to do their uh, holiday um, assemblies as occasions for singing songs of different holiday celebrations that occur around that time. Um, so Hanukkah gives schools a way to teach all of their kids about diverse celebrations, which is good, um, and, but also to, because of the way they choose the songs, also a way to do some education in what these different holidays mean and to make the, the whole class, the whole school of children um, feel as though they're all part of something together. Well, and that's, and that's so, I think that's a great thing. I really do. I think that's a, that's a nice, a nice piece because I think if we're doing that in schools, then we're also bringing these different cultures together because then the question is, how are these holidays different? How are they the same? They're very different, but they I mean, are very it's, different. it's a way to bring you know, to answer those questions at the same time of the year. Right, and it's a way that, that people can teach children that we don't all have to be doing the same thing. We can be doing different things and still understand each other and still respect each other. Very much. How do you think that um, our, that means Americans, fondness for gift-giving, how do you think that that shape the celebration of Hanukkah. I mean, were eight gifts always a part of this holiday? Oh, or is no. <laughs> that the American thing? That is completely an American thing. Um, holidays are big business in the U.S. There's no question about it. But the gift-giving at Hanukkah began um, 
when rabbis and religious leaders in the U.S. saw that uh, Christmas holiday was becoming such a huge gift-giving event and were concerned that Jewish children um, be taken care of, be, be given a holiday where they could be happy being Jewish. And so it was rabbis and religious leaders and women's organizations all working together to uh, make sure that parents bought gifts for their children. And rabbis urged parents to give their kids a gift each day. If there's a candle lighted, that child should receive a gift. Now, parents often resisted this. I mean, the gifts were not always um, expensive or elaborate. I found a lot of occasions of parents giving kids pajamas and socks. Um, so, And it all depended on the family's income. And certainly during the Depression, things became very tight indeed for many children who did not receive gifts. But the move to make Hanukkah an occasion for gift-giving was something that was very deliberately done. Do you think that that has been criticized? Oh, yes, it has definitely been criticized. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's commercializing the holiday. And um, if the parents don't go beyond, here's your present, um, and don't say what the holiday is about and why this is happening, then um, you get, commercialism that that supersedes the holiday and supersedes the meaning of the holiday and takes it over. And so just as we hear many Christians complaining that the consumerism of Christmas has overtaken the meaning of the holiday, I think there are a number of people who feel that the consumerism of Hanukkah has overtaken the meaning of the holiday. On another note, how did Hanukkah lead to the cultural creation and religious importance of the Jewish mother? And what role did 19th century immigration and industrialization play in this creation of this very important Jewish figure? Well, industrialization uh, in the 19th century really shaped family life, reshaped family life in many different ways. And uh, one of the things that happened was that we see the rise of a lot of family celebrations, Thanksgiving and the family Christmas, the domestic Christmas, and other occasion, occasions when families would gather because with industrialization, men left home to go to work someplace else and families were no longer spending most of their time with each other. And certainly that, has, that is a process that's really continued. We still today have we're always complaining about not having enough time to spend with our family. And so family gatherings are really important. But it meant that mothers became the people who were most responsible for creating domestic festivals and domestic celebrations. And this is true across the board. It's not only true for Jews, but it certainly played a role in making that another part of what a mother's responsibility was in Judaism. Mm. Which do you see that as a good thing? Or do you see that as a burdensome thing? I think if women enjoy it, it's a good thing. If they find it a burden, it's not. <laughs> um, because this is a domestic festival, um, it's really 
created by the families according to what they can do. And so when families are able to do a good celebration, that's fabulous. But when it's difficult for families, then um, people can't do everything. And so then it becomes a struggle. You know, statistics show that many Jews are involved in interfaith marriages, many, particularly with Christmas. How are interfaith marriages affecting the celebration of Hanukkah? I think interfaith families um, have to find their own way because, you know, each family is different. People feel differently about their religions, especially in interfaith families. We have very different kinds of approaches to um, how things, how people want to do things. And so these families are really putting together their own celebrations based on what is most meaningful to them and most meaningful to them in terms of their relationships with the rest of their family. So um, they are finding their own way forward. And I don't think we're going to know if there are any trends that we'll be able to talk about um, for another several years when we look back and see what were those trends that were done and we're able to study it. But at this point, it's it's very fluid and uh, it's something that they're they have to be very inventive and very sensitive to the feelings of all the people in their family. Yeah, because you wonder if Jewish traditions are being redefined with Christmas ones in these type of marriages. No. I, I think it all depends on the family and who they are. Mm. Um, you know, as you've written, you know, sometimes an intermarried family will largely practice Judaism, but they'll put up a Christmas tree. Because they feel that it's about love as well, but well, not everyone. Well, that's true. I think that, that the Christmas tree in the U.S. has often taken on the symbol of family togetherness, that this is a symbol of family bonding. And people who have grown up with Christmas trees are really people who, who often love having the Christmas tree in their home. And so families that will not practice anything else of Christianity at any other time of the year will still sometimes put up a Christmas tree if that's what they like. Now, the question is, so what? How much meaning does that actually have in a family that in every other way practices Judaism? And, and again, as you said, that that's individual. And... It depends, right? Yes, I think it all depends on the family and, and the importance they they give to it and how they teach their children about what it means. Um, you know, I know there are greeting card companies that will recognize this market, and they'll have cards that say Chrismuka. Now, yes. I'm not sure personally, Diane, I agree with that. But that's, you know, that's the way of combining both. Right. I mean, there is a market for that. Um, mm. so They're just very different holidays. Market, I'm sorry? They're just very, very, very different holidays. Completely. They are completely different holidays. But they are um, holidays that occur at the same time and occur in homes. And it, they're not holidays that are under the control of clergy. So as long as people are finding a way to do things together, this is, this is what happens. And 
as long as there's a market, you know that someone will find something to market to them. Now, how can people find your book and find your work? The book is available at Barnes & Noble, uh, at Amazon.com, and at the website of the publisher, New York University Press. Uh, and uh, at Amazon also has my other books available. Diane, what was your goal in writing this book? What, what is it you hope readers will get from it? Well, I wrote it because most all of my work has been on the 19th century or on Jewish women in particular. And I have always found Jewish life to be so fluid and fascinating in the U.S. that I wanted to take a broad look at it. And Hanukkah seemed perfect because it's the only Jewish holiday that has become more popular uh, in the U.S. than than other holidays. And um, so... this indicated to me that something special was going on here. So this study covered um, 200 years and the whole continent, and I learned quite a lot, and that was really my goal. I really wanted to learn about what was, what was motivating American Jewish life, how did it change in response to various eras of American history, and what Jews in particular were going through in different eras of American history. It's fascinating. Wonderful book, Hanukkah in America, A History, by Diane Ashton. And you can go on to Amazon.com and get this book. And um, really, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Yes, yes. Hold on for a minute. All right, folks, this wraps up uh, Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Right here on Voice America, America's Voice, you can write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. I have several programs on the radio as well, and if you go to my website, all of that will be there. And would love to hear from you with your comments or questions. Again, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 